welcome back, back pop, pop stars, stars to the pink Popcast podcast where we talk about film media and everything else i'm rizzo i'm benji and today uh, we're just getting back in the swing of things y'all yeah we haven't done a podcast episode i mean technically in a long time one that's exclusively podcast one that we actually kind of go into officially for a podcast so we did we wet our beaks is that the phrase wet our whiskers ew well we did that for the mean girls review some of you guys actually liked that. And we obviously po- you lean so far. Well, when it's a podcast, you kind of got to just like got to look at each other. You got to I know, I know. I just it's like never you're up you keep finding a way <laughs> to get as far as possible out of frame. Why do you want to be so close to me? Bro? I want to see you in the frame. God. Can, Why he's so obsessed? You can with lean. Me. It's you can not lean. my fault you're like in love with me. No, you can lean. You can look at me. It's fine. It's you like, want me to look at you. Right. Anyway. They enjoyed our mean girls reaction. Maybe. Who knows if they enjoyed no, the mean Yeah, girls. they enjoyed the mean girls reaction. They they told me so. I actually had a little poll on on Spotify, I guess where I upload it. I was wondering said, why I saw something about a Spotify. You know, <laughs> I was like, "What is Spotify talking to us for?" Spotify. I asked the I asked the pop stars, the listeners, do they want us to continue this? And a few people said, well, "What is this? What's going on? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get in my house?" <laughs> Always a good one. Okay, well, we're here to talk about Twilight. Oh no, spoilers, Benji. Oh, I'm sorry. What are we here to talk about? Oh, okay. I'm glad you asked. So for Christmas, I feel like I never really give you good Christmas presents. Um, I feel like you're, they're fine. They're okay, but I'm being still the... waiting for a kiss for Christmas. <laughs> wow, <laughs> nice and free. <laughs> Save yourself some money. Jesus Christ, <laughs> the perfectionist I am. I wanted to outdo myself um, with this year's present or last year's present. So I got you the full Twilight collection on Blu-ray. Cute. On top of, what yeah. did I get you? Uh, a a five-movie theatrical marathon Woof. of the Twilight movies. Yep. One to of the, which even the, I was like, can I do this? <laughs> like, that's a lot of movie. That's, it's so yeah. much. That is the longest I have in my life. And I have seen so many movies in my lifetime to the point. Yeah. I've seen so many movies in one month more so than most people will see in their life. Mm-hmm. That is the longest and most consecutive movies I have ever sat down for in one viewing. Mm. And let me tell you. It's pretty great. About it. It's pretty fucking great. Yeah, it, honestly. Was, I didn't hate it. I it had a good time. A, that was a good experience. Like, I think, um, I I mean, obviously, when you were like, oh, yeah, like, we're going, I was like, you're going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just send you off. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I would be less surprised if you're like, I got you a ticket. I'm not sure if I'll go. Like, that would be well, less surprising. So, so for, the, for those of you who have never seen the Twilight films, they, what the fuck are you even listening to this for? <laughs> um, but they are obviously the five saga five film saga about Bella Swan wanting to become a vampire. We have covered them on our channel before. Um, and you made a mini Twihard out of me. A mini one. Yeah. Like, a minuscule one. Enough so that when I saw this pop up, and again, one of the best things about living in California is we just have access to a ton of theaters and a ton of revival shows. So all of them were screened in 35 millimeter at Tarantino's theater on Beverly Boulevard. So when I saw this pop up, there was enough a part of me to that I was like, 
I don't know if I could do it, but I don't hate those first two movies. I reached out to my our, my cousins, who are now basically your cousins. Our cousins. Yeah, they're our cousins. They weren't ever my blood cousins anyway, but they're thicker than blood. Yeah. Um. So I reached out to them and was like, look, this is what I'm planning for Benji. I don't know if I can do this on my own. I need reinforcements. <laughs> so I called in reinforcements and they they said yes. And I bought those tickets and I went, okay. And every time I would think about it, I had to stop thinking about yeah, it. Because you'd get anxious. Like, just like, I can't. I just never done this before. There's no precedent. Even when the fifth uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out, I remember El Capitan Theater had a five film marathon. And even that I went, that seems too much. Oh, so you didn't even go to your films. I haven't even gone to one of my films. Well, that's what was interesting because I was like, in theory, I love this idea. In actuality, we'll see what happens because I was like, really, yeah, I, I've never seen more than maybe two movies in theaters. I don't even in, know. In a row? In a row. I think maybe I've done three if I was like hopping from movie to movie. Right. Like, you know, when I was like younger, my parents would just drop me off for the day and be like, I don't know, buy a few consecutive movies and like just you're like, yeah, sure. Buy. Hang out. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to pocket that extra cash. I'm paying for all of this stuff. I was an honest kid. Um, oh, you were? I mean, as honest as honest as Abe, Abe. I don't know. <laughs> as, um, honest, as honest as I'm going to admit to being oh. to where AMC uh, or whatever <laughs> other gonna... theater, I don't want them coming for me. You know, there were other theaters for their lost tickets back in our childhood. <laughs> yeah. No, that I will. We did the, we loved the rave, <sighs> which the that's rave. a random regional thing that you probably won't I don't know think unless those you're even specifically from our area. No, I think they were, they were big for a time being like yeah. early thousands. I'm pretty sure the raves were across was... maybe wit Midwestern. It was just cool. It was four stories, neon lights. Like it was a badass place. Yeah. So this was this is the first time you'd seen them. Had you seen all of these in theaters before? Yes, I did. See Even all the first of, one. Yes, uh, the first one. Which, if you watch our reaction, you'll know. I watched with my dad because we were going to see something else. We got there early, so we walked in and right. watched a little bit of Twilight, and then. When he realized it was vampires being religious, he wanted to leave. And I said, hey, 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 hey. Sit your ass down. You sit your so uneducated ass down. I did not cuss at my dad. And he, he is educated. But I was Educated like, on film. Yeah, yeah, right. I know I he's was, educated. No, I know. But I was Isn't like. He like a physicist or something? <laughs> he's a chemist, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I know your dad's educated. <laughs> like highly educated. But when it comes to films, parents love to just Listen walk in a theater. I know. I was like, how? first off, how did you not know? <laughs> so how did you not know it's about vampires? But then I was like, I was like, look, look, listen, we've already stayed because he decided already that he wanted to stay in the movie, which I think. Oh, I, yeah, because what it takes I about yeah. 40 to an hour before he finally utters he, the word. Yeah, she does. so exactly. So I hadn't gotten I hadn't actually told that much of the story before was that we when our movie was coming up, he was like, do you want to go to that movie or do you want to watch this? Like, I, I'm kind of enjoying it. Do you was, remember what the other movie was? I don't. I not at all. But I was like, I I was like, hell yeah, I want to watch this. I just didn't think you would. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I'll stay. And then we were like 15 minutes past or 20 minutes. I don't know how far past our movie starting. And he tried to get up and I was like, no, no, we are committed. How? We are finishing this movie. And then he ended up liking it. Well, all of them. And so, so I had never seen any of these in theater before. Mm -hmm. You'd seen all of them. It'd been probably, what, since they first came out? Yeah, that was the only one that I didn't see at midnight. All the other ones I saw at midnight. I will say I did, and if you watched our reactions, mm. you'll know this. I did. We went to go see another movie, and I 
for some reason, it must have been the only thing that was possibly playing. And I think we did it as a lark, as a kind of like, haha, we'll just walk and see what this Twilight thing's about. So we walked in to the theater of Breaking Dawn Part 2 and literally caught the most intense insane what the fuck Part moment the ever entire th- i just i so wish i was just cementing that i was never going to be the reactor on youtube that people wanted me to be <laughs> not even i'll never be the reactor you want <laughs> not even the twilight saga was safe for me the film that i'm sure everyone thought there's no way rizzo knows this somehow rizzo did somehow and you did the same thing for high school musical you watched the third one I liked that one though. See that yeah. one. That one makes a little bit more sense because when I saw the trailer, I went, "Oh, that actually looks really good." So I went out of my way and yeah, watched I'm it. Not gonna watch the first two because fuck them. <laughs> Anyways, hey, if there's anything that's been very positive about this channel, you know, outside of the monetary success, mm. is that it has gotten me to be a little less crump- grumpy and just kind of appreciate films, which is why I was. I was actually pretty excited to do this. I was curious because having gone to the new Bev before. It's a very and this I'm going to see how I can describe this to people outside of Los Angeles. There is a specific type of person that goes to this type of theater. It's a very artsy theater. It is like if Letterbox came to life, that is the type of person you're going to be seeing For in the theater. For those of us who don't know Letterbox. It's just the most I watched The Godfather in uh in college when I was working on a thesis blah 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 type person. Which is there's nothing very wrong pretentious with movie bro type of theater. It doesn't have to be pretentious, but it's a very interesting energy that when I saw that there was going to be a five movie marathon of the Twilight of the Twilight, saga. not one movie because they all do that. Five. Yeah, no, all five. I was like, who on earth is going to occupy this theater? That was my what was it? My like third or fourth question after I was like, oh what day? Oh when? Oh all five? Oh that's interesting. Who's going to be there? Like, Because like, that makes what? or break the entire day. Yeah, and I was like, that's the exact opposite energy of who uh-huh. I expect to see at that theater. But then again, we're kind of a crossover, so I guess it's just all We the- are. And and the energy, how would you describe the energy that was there, which did make the whole night for It me. was so great. It wasn't the, because the because this theater is very, like, uh, film-centric and very serious about movies, uh-huh. they're very strict about their, you know, no phones. No phones. You have to use your phone. You step out or you'll be asked to leave. Yep. Like, you know, like uh, just that very. If you have an Alamo draft house in your area, it's like that, except it's just a single theater and they only do 35 millimeters. Yeah. But that intensity. Yeah. So it's like you would think and, you know, obviously like no talking and anything like that. So you're like, it kind normally. Of, yes. It kind of seems counterintuitive to what you would think like a Twilight experience would be because a five movie marathon, which like is essentially people, torture. The people who are to some, the people who are in. <laughs> In a five movie Twilight Marathon are going to be the diehards who are going to treat it like kind of a um, uh, uh, the midnight one Frankenfurter. Oh, yeah. Um, um, the mid like a midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show. Horror. Like I was like, I would expect that hearing it. But then thinking of the theater, I was like, wait, what am I expecting? I know. And when I was going to sit there silently when I was texting, I we we normally at this point now we have a list and we go to. AMC, which is so casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's pros and cons about it. I do appreciate how accessible film theaters are with A-list and going to AMC. But on the other end, it's such a corporate, it's behemoth that's taken over every theater that sometimes the casualness of it really just comes like a fuck big corporations. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to show up when I want to show up. I'm going to bypass the 20 to 30 minutes of trailers that you're going to play. I'm going to fucking maybe talk. 
Oh, when you when you go to an AMC. Oh yeah, yeah. And so that's usually what we go to with our cousins. So I was like kind of anxiously like texting them because my one of my cousins she couldn't oh, right, show up yeah. right on time. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't, she was like, I'll just meet you guys there like during new new moon. And instead of responding, I also have no chill. I don't know if you guys have realized that about me. Rizzo what? Has no chill. What? I respond with like a, um, oh, okay. Well, you know, because the Maybe theater. they might not let you in. They might not let you in. I don't know if they're going to sell your seat. <laughs> I, I should probably ask if you could walk in later. My cousins I don't are like, know if there will be breaks. Whoa, and they were whoa, like, whoa. 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 Which is like I get where it came from because you, because you also have been to the theater. I've with been me. to the theater. I also have anxiety when making reservations for multiple people. Right, where people are like, oh, I'm gonna show up here. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know if the restaurant will allow right. us to sit without everybody, or if they'll just let you walk in, or oh, oh you said you're bringing a bottle of wine. I don't know if they allow that. Like, I know I said, <laughs> yeah, ask. they don't, they don't normally allow talking, and both our cousins were like. No talking. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I, I, I was like, I am going in there hoping that people will talk, but I understand that usually they don't allow it. So I, we are saying that. So you come in with the expectation that we have. Anyways, all that to say, did people talk during this showing? Absolutely talked, but it was like a respectful talk. You could tell it was still an audience that knew that theater Mm -hmm. because we only said the lines of the movie with the movie and there was nothing they could do to stop that we were the rowdiest section we were because we the ladies behind us were definitely having feeling themselves we like to whisper obviously to each other during movies it's basically just an episode of the pink podcast but quietly respectfully respectfully but then the row behind us was definitely on one doing the same thing but just like full out they had some funny and we were like okay so then by like the third movie we were like by the way y'all are great and they were like y'all are great we were like awesome thanks we get paid to do it (laughs) so then it became a whole thing there where... was a line there was something i said it was like during the third or fourth movie mm-hmm. i said it i was the only person that spoke at that one moment and the entire theater laughed and i went i should get paid to do this <laughs> wait oh my gosh that was funny why didn't was it we like write that charlie down? i didn't i it was something about charlie it was something about like <laughs> mm. i don't know it was definitely during the bullshit that is yeah twilight eclipse yeah which by the way we will i want to get all the fun stuff out of the way but i am excited to kind of like this is the first time I've revisited these films since watching them on our channel. Yeah, and then watching them all again. So, how after revisiting them, how do you feel? Because you uh, let me uh, let me be yeah, a, an interviewer for a second. Set the stage. So, so Rizzo. Yes. So we watched them all on the channel. Hi, and you I'm were just like, hi Rizzo. Hi, Benji Jones. Pleasure to meet you. You were like, wow, uh, what a fun series that I only dislike one of the movies because it was kind of pointless. Uh, new, not new moon. No, no, no. When I first clips, when we first watched the reactions. I more or less enjoyed them all. You obviously, you're, the first two were your favorite. Yes, you did, the first the, two definitely grew on me, even in editing, yeah. I will say. The third one, you were like completely pointless, which I agreed. And then the last two, you were like, okay, not my favorite, but like well, interesting, I didn't fun like, ride. I didn't like the last one, but I but did you, appreciate parts of the second to last one. Well, I was like watching it the first time. It, I felt like you enjoyed it altogether more or less and then i enjoy and, our experiences on camera and then nothing know, is as the draining following while he was editing and then in the months following while he was ruminating and then in like the year or two following while he ruminated on it a little bit more he was like actually fuck every twilight movie uh, uh, that's not uh, uh, the first two. okay <laughs> all right and here's the thing i became pat i so first off Nothing is as ever mind-numbingly bad as the fucking Fifty Shades series. 
Because every time I sit down for Fifty Shades, I go into it with the same energy that I go into the Twilight movies. Yeah, with, where you I'm like, do that. Oh, these are bad, but I'll enjoy myself. And then always about an hour in, I go, oh, my God, these are the most pointless, just <laughs> um, it's not superfluous. What's the word I'm looking for? Just meandering, meandering. Not the word I was looking for, but a good word. Yeah, they just there. There's no meaning to anything. I hate them. I will say it's funny because I just had this conversation. Was that you don't like stories that are just there to be there, that are just like atmospheric type, where it's like, I enjoy the world, so I'm just going to kind of be here and meander in this story with them, even though technically it doesn't have a reason for this story to be told other than... I feel like there's definitely an example of a mood movie that I could say essentially fits that. But even that, I'm sure, has some form of, like, even character development. Because even, and I know you hate this movie, I used to think that about Napoleon Dynamite. I used to think Napoleon Dynamite was just a bunch of sketches thrown together and then meandering. And then I realized, oh, that's actually just my dad talking. When I really thought about it, I'm like, there is a bit of a character growth there. What I realized that I'm not, what makes the Twilight films at a certain point just kind of drop off for me Now that I'm in my 30s, I'm no longer just hating on girl stuff because I was an early 20s kid in the 2000s who were just... You weren't a big hater on girl I wasn't stuff, a big no. hater, but I can't say that that wasn't a that part of it. That you weren't at all. Like, yeah. You know, no, it was like sure. it was easy to just let, oh, yeah, fuck Justin Bieber or fuck Twilight roll off your tongue. Ooh. Maybe not fuck because I was in church at the time. But it was easy to just be like, yeah, I hate it. And when people really asked you, it's like, oh, it seems pointless. It's annoying. Yeah. So now that I'm past that and I can actually critically look at something, which is what I was doing. I was sitting there in that theater going, OK, I already had an idea of going in why I didn't like the movies past New Moon. It really did cement for me what I think goes off the rails in terms of uh, the Twilight series. However, there's a lot more that I learned to appreciate about it. There's always something to appreciate about a series that gets a bunch of people just hyped up and having a good goddamn time. Yeah, well, that's... I feel like, yeah. uh, I feel like, yeah. I feel like... Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That as I was saying, you watched the first one. I feel like you enjoyed it more or less. Like you did enjoy the last two. And then you were kind of thinking about it from a technical standpoint. And you kind of worked yourself into a frenzy of being like, actually, it, those weren't good at all. I didn't enjoy watching them. They were pointless. And then I was like, I, they're not that bad. I feel like you enjoyed them more. Take a shot every time I say I feel like. But then yep. cut to, you know, we watched them in theaters and you were like, yeah, no, those are more fun than I remembered. I'm like, I know. But the other thing, too, is because now we've been doing this long enough because at that time that was probably what our first major first big film series. Probably, before, yeah. Like, I don't even know. Did we do? We did that after Bridgerton, right? I think so. I. I yeah. After. Yes, after we did after first, Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We've been doing reactions now for a few years, and we've run into a very interesting, I don't want to say problem, but just a unique experience when it comes to reacting to films that are other people's favorites. Um, We get this kind of like, you know, you get the people who are obsessed with the books, obsessed with the movies, and then we're just two dumb schmucks who come in (laughs) with no prior experience, a lot of times no knowledge of what happens in the books. We're watching these films at face value for what they are. And a lot of times we're tearing them for filth. We are enjoying ourselves, but we're not holding them as precious as most people are. Mm -hmm. Now, in most cases, nine out of 10 cases, 
the people who are really intense about it are just like, how dare you shit on the thing that I know all of these details about? Mm-hmm. And what's so and what has endeared me to Twilight over the years <laughs> is the fact that and here's the thing I don't hate on anything else more or less than I hate on Twilight I would say or, even my favorite stuff I was about to say more or less than you hate on your own yeah, stuff too yeah I will hate on everything mm-hmm. I like I will enjoy what's good and I will call out what doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and I do that for my favorite stuff too what's so fascinating and endearing about Twilight is that the fans of Twilight match that energy. <laughs> yep, we know it's trash, but we still love it. And that <laughs> is such a glorious balance <laughs> of just like, you know what? I don't mind that you're trashing it. I still enjoy it. And then that makes me kind of lower my defenses and go. You're like, okay. Okay. I, I don't have to defend myself. <laughs> like, because I can I can enjoy the good and the bad, but for most every other series, if you call out something, yeah. the fan base will just be like <laughs> I will say, yeah, like, how dare you? And I will say I was definitely worried going into watching the first Twilight that I was like, I know this didn't age well. Like, I know that it's not the best technical thing. And I know that Rizzo is going to go for it really hard. (laughs) So I was like, I'm interested to see because at that point we had been doing things that were like books and people were really like, oh, well, this and that. And, oh, well, you can't really comment on that because this. And so I was kind of like, I really hope that the Twilight, because I was like, Twihards at the time, that was that was a fan base. That was, yep. they were like. They were probably Woo! one of the first fan bases I was aware of. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, like, I guess really... Star Wars and maybe Matrix. But, like, yeah. in terms of, like, peer-to-peer, I wasn't yeah, like, in an environment like, where people yeah. were able to watch Harry Potter. And by the mm. time. Uh, Twilight came around. I think a lot of the people were a little bit older, so they could make their own choice. Make to watch their it. own choices. And yeah, I'm just like oh, but that was definitely one that when we posted, I was just like holding my breath, crossing my fingers, just kind of like okay, like uh, please don't get too mad. We did like it. I'm a Twihard. We're all safe here. And then like reading through the comments, everybody's just like, I know, right? It sucks. I love that. That's my favorite part. And I was just like, oh, we, we've all matured to the same extent yeah. that we can look at it objectively and go, okay, that's so cringe. That's weird. Don't like this. Love this. This we love, even though it's awful. Like, yeah. even though and it's weird. Like, No whatever. disrespect to all the other fans for all the other all shows the other. or movies that we've uh, reacted to and you've joined us for. Obviously, we love all the pop stars. However... The Twilight fan base is probably to this day probably my favorite one I've interacted with what on this you, channel. Brought you over. Good job, guys. Because <laughs> it really it it's it was such it was so kind of rela- not relaxing. What's the word? It was like it was such a relief at, at such an early point in our career where I could go, oh, so we can make a career off of this and be appreciated for this balance of mm-hmm. just being able to appreciate something that's shitty. Mm-hmm. For what it is, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. Yeah. So I definitely uh, love that. And it's what made watching it all five movies the only reason I was like, I think I could do this. Yeah. I think can I can do five. this. I know that people are going to be just rowdy enough, still curious as to what's going to be in that theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, that I do have said, some technical notes. He has notes. All that to say, he enjoyed the series, but he thinks that it should be written out and paced differently. Ooh. Now, that being said, we understand that they are books and they are written a certain way. We don't care. A specific flow. And it was written by a person who had a very specific viewpoint of the world. Here's the thing. It's, I Is this the third thing that we're... Here's the... Oh, we got more things. We've been saying things. Uh, the thing for me is that 
I agree that it could. I I would just be fine with the third one. Well, being... you haven't even heard. Your response is something they haven't even heard yet. Okay, what's your what's your theory? Well, I mean, at this point, I don't want to just go on a rant. I, I think I want to open the floor to I will I will for the rest of this podcast. I will mention what I think is one of the biggest issues, and I'd like to discuss that with you. Okay, even though we have discussed this. Many times. Ad nauseum with each other. Yeah, but we also hadn't seen all five of them in theaters again. But so. now we're bringing this conversation to you. To you. Um, having edited these films, I did grow to love the first two, and I couldn't figure out why I appreciated the first two. Didn't like the third one. At the time, I was not even going through a breakup. It was just an annoying talking to someone. I wasn't talking to someone, wasn't feeling well. So when I was editing that reaction, I was just like, fuck this movie. I couldn't figure out why I hated it outside of just like, I don't know, it's Twilight. Fuck this movie. The more I thought about it, the more I realized what works so well about the first two Twilight movies is that there is a progression. The progression you would expect from a franchise. The type of introducing introduction to our main character who is now seeing this new world and learning the rules. And then the first movie kind of ties off on a, it leaves you in a place where could just be a one movie or now you're excited for more sequels, mm -hmm. you know, like every good franchise has, you know, you don't like the matrix sequels. I do like them. Most people don't like the pirate sequels. I do love them. Those first movies so are just all bad at judging. Sequels apparently is what I'm hearing. Apparently <laughs> no, but those first movies have like that perfect balance of just new characters, new world. We've explored it. There are so many more possibilities, but you could also just be happy with these ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Twilight, I think, accomplishes that. The second movie, what I love about it is if you had never seen the fandom, if you didn't know anything about it, if you were actually going into these movies sight unseen, th that second movie does a fantastic job of exploring and expanding that lore and world to where you are kind of like, what's going on? You know, it changes things up. It's a thing I really dislike about uh, sequels nowadays. I feel like they just give you more of the same. Even the new Avatar series that's coming out, which obviously we haven't watched yet, but they already are showing uh, Fire Lord Ozai in it. They're already showing his daughter in it. All characters that were like slowly introduced over three fantastic seasons. Because it gives you a progression of story. It goes, hey, here are the stakes for the first season. You thought that was bad. Now there's a new character. And you're like, oh, that's even scarier. And then by the time you get to Fire Lord Ozai. In, then all those stakes are grilled up. Nice and fine. <laughs> you know, but it's 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 a buildup to like, oh, my God. Like at this point, you're just holding your breath. And each season introduces you to new rules and new lore. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times things are just kind of all thrown in at once nowadays. That it's it's it defeats what I think makes good sequels great, in which is you thought you understood this world. Let's kind of change things up a little bit. Now she feels comfortable with these vampires. How do we uh, escalate the stakes? Take the vampires away. Yes, is Edward an asshole for what he did? <laughs> Absolutely. But it raises the stakes of that world. I know saying stakes over and over again in a film series about vampires is a little ironic yeah. and making me hungry. Yeah. Triple entendre. Um, and then to have like Jacob then swoop in, it just everything in that second movie feels so natural. 
outside of just um what's her name redhead oh victoria outside the of Victor- woman. outside of victoria just kind of popping in and out whenever she wants to so random um nothing in that second movie feels superfluous it all feels very much like necessary every scene building on the next one like nothing could have happened without the scene that happens prior and it's a great progression of that story of that lore of that world it says okay here's a character who in the first movie her biggest arc is i feel weird i feel different i don't feel like i belong anywhere yes you do you belong in this world you now belong she in fucks girl <laughs> and she kind of desires that Great arc for the first movie. Second movie, now that I feel like I belong, who am I without it? Now that I also know what I'm missing out on and how do I deal with it? Fantastic uh, character. Uh, There's a possibility. Fucking love that scene Mm. so much. And then, and I will cap my rant off here so you can, you know, interject. Oh, okay. We get to the third movie. Mm Mm-hmm. First off, the second movie ends on a great cliffhanger. You know, we've we have we have exhausted all we could between the Jacob Edward conflict. By the time it's over, when we first met Jacob in the second movie, he seemed like a viable possibility for her. Then, holy shit, he's actually in the same world as the vampires and like the werewolves because he is one. And he's also a direct opposite of Jacob of Edward so he's interesting just in that regard you have a very clear there's this guy on this end of the spectrum and this man on this end of the spectrum and they both represent versions of who she could possibly be by the end of that second movie she has made a decision she as a character who has agency has made a decision as to which direction her life path needs to take her we end on a proposal and a gasp and then you go to the third movie And what happens in the beginning of that third movie? We literally undo everything about that second movie and say, oh, yeah, no, actually, no, let's not get married. And then let's spend the rest of this movie kind of kicking around in circles, uh, kind of repeating the same thing that just happened in the, the second movie. Oh, maybe Jacob could be good for you, even though emotionally and character-wise, we've already said no. Listen, Rizzo. And where does the third movie end? Listen, Rizzo. Almost in the exact same place the second one ended. Listen, it is an unnecessary film and derails the entire series. You could literally show this franchise and saga to someone who's never heard anything about it. And leave that movie out. And the only thing you would have to explain, only two things you would have to explain are Victoria died in between. <laughs> and what was the other thing I said? I don't remember. Oh, um, that she wants to hold off on having sex. Getting turned. Until getting turned until after she's had sex. Oh. That's the only. And I. Okay, sorry. Last rant. What I fucking hate about the third movie is that she is such a non-character that by the time the film ends, she has to give a monologue to essentially justify her existence in the movie. She goes, actually, you thought it was about you and you, when in reality, it was about me making a decision. I was like, interesting. It's so fascinating how none of the film really decided to actually lean into that. And you just wanted to spell that out for us at the end because the goddamn film knows how useless you were in this. Okay, I'm gonna take a breath, Benji. Where am I? What's going on? I don't know. That was that was a rant. That was a good old good old Rizzo rant. <laughs> good look, old good, look, trademark Rizzo rant. Look, okay, she 
she's 17 at the end of the second use my movie. own. She's a kid. She's a kid. She can't just accept a marriage proposal. She's got to think about it. She's got to mull it over, oh okay? God. There's a reason that the whole second movie was back and forth. What if what if somebody had proposed to you at 17? You'd be like, hey, listen, crazy. Give me, give me one more movie to think about it. You are know? you actually giving a counterpoint? Or are you just... I just I'm arguing that a little bit. I don't think it was so egregious that we had the proposal that she didn't answer. If she had said yes and then it went back the next movie and un actually undid the yes, but we <laughs> didn't get an answer, which to me is like that's fine. You hadn't decided. You need some time, and then we end with the yes. So that's a, that was fine for me. I do agree. The third movie is not necessary. The problem with her character is that at a certain point she's no longer the main character of her series. Not even just in terms of kind of like... She's always the main character. She doesn't have... At a certain point, she doesn't drive the narrative anymore. Like, none of her choices so really matter. So she the narrative. That's fine. You don't have to drive to be I the main character. I swear to God, Benji. Because, <laughs> like, the first movie and the second movie set up interesting obstacles for her to make... Like, like she has to basically make a decision in each of those first two films. And she didn't have to make a decision in the third or the fourth film? What the th what happens is at that point, I think what's interesting is that you're denying good characters are essentially trying to I don't I want to put this without wasting everyone's time. By the third movie, she just gets what she wants. Or sorry, not the third movie. By the fourth movie, she just gets what she wants. And then there's not really any conflict to the to the point that she's not even technically involved in the payoff for the big climax of the final movie. She, if you really think about it, in her whole saga, in her five-movie saga, uh, spends the entirety of the climax standing with a dumbass face with everybody else while Alice and Arlo... Arlo? Um, Aro. Aro. <laughs> while Alice and Aro are having a little mind-on-mind... Uh, film recap of what could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. She is just I want you to think about that. The Twilight Saga, essentially, the biggest moment of the Twilight Saga ends with Bella This isn't a video. They don't know what you're doing. <laughs> standing he, in the background he's, watching Alice. He's standing in the background looking into the camera if you're listening it's to this. so she has no agency in any movie past Eclipse. New Moon. You know, so New Moon ends her agency. I think that's where we disagree because obviously Breaking Dawn Part 1 is all about agency and the fact that she chose to get married. She chose to not be turned until she had sex and she chose to keep the baby even though everybody was like, it's killing you. And she was like, fuck it. If it kills me, it kills me. And if I turn into a vampire, if you can turn me into a vampire in the last minute, then cool. That was complete choice. Right. Absolute agency. <laughs> and then the third movie, she had the choice of whether she was going to run, whether you, she was going to stay and fight. The fifth movie? Fourth movie. Fourth fifth, movie, whatever. Fifth movie. The fifth movie. Is it? The last one. Yes. She had the choice whether she was going to stay and fight, what she was going to do. They had to plan everything, you know? And then the plan worked out. And the thing is, in the books, they don't even have a fight scene. So you're arguing for something that was literally just shoehorned in for the movie. So it's like, it's kind of pointless because it's a pointless argument because the fight in itself was pointless. So you're saying the book was aimless, so the filmmakers shouldn't try harder. 
I don't really know what happened in the book. All I know is that, you know, they had the baby and uh, the, the, the vultury came and they were like, hey, back off. And they did. So here's what I'm thinking. I think if you introduce, if you make in the first movie, Bella feels like an outsider. Bella realizes that there's a world in which she can be. How about let's, what's your goal for this? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say it. My goal is that first and foremost, Bella needs an arc. Like but Bella like, needs an arc. Because at a certain point, it's just character wants something, character gets something, there is no challenge. But your goal is to condense them into... Th I will explain. Oh, okay. All right. I will explain. Okay. These people don't know, so I'm trying to ease them into it. Well, I think I'm just trying to figure out your framing device. Go ahead. All right. So if in the first movie, uh -huh. you have Bella feeling like an outsider. She's the Luke Skywalker. She's like, oh my God, like uh, the two sons, I need... That everything sucks. And then uh, Edward comes in with his glittery self and says, you know what? There's a world in which you actually matter. She's like, holy shit. And uh, not this one. <laughs> and so it's Movie's like over. learning uh, her learning to kind of feel comfortable with herself in that. That's usually a first movie. It's kind of just like by the end, it like Orlando, uh, uh, Orlando Bloom at the end of like the first pirates, he essentially is accepting his place in this world. And the biggest problem about sequels in general is what most people say. I like sequels, but the biggest part about sequels in general is to make them. You usually kind of have to either stall that character development or essentially kind of repeat it, start it yeah. to, to get the good thing about, about uh, her being human by the end of the first movie is that we still have somewhere to go somewhere to go and so the second movie again you 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 give the conflict of being denied that and how you're going to deal with it now that you know that there's a world you belong in quick question what so you you wouldn't change anything about the first movie yet no okay i wouldn't change anything about the first movie perfect second movie there are some things i might want to change depending on how you address the last three films. Mm. But the second movie, again, I think is very well structured. My biggest issue is that Victoria is literally just kind of running around, not doing much. Aimlessly. Aimlessly. So first of yeah, two things is aimlessly. Bella, her plot, her interactions with Jacob, Edward, perfect, love it. The climax, the climax, oh my God. Like the introduction of the, um, the Volturi, mm. that is some great tense filmmaking. That is the that is showing off, and this is the thing too I love about sequels that have villains that introduce like the big, big bad, is you have to find a way to introduce the big bad without essentially, and I'm sorry for this crass terminology, without essentially blowing your wad right away. Oh, you gotta find a way. To edge the audience. To edge the audience so that by the Gross. time <laughs> you show off the big bad in the final film, in the final climax, you're not like, this is more of the same. I think the big issue with the last, uh, three Star Wars films. You had Rey and Kylo Ren fight each other at the end of the first movie. Okay. Then you have Rey and Kylo fight with each other in the second movie. You're like, interesting. And then, ooh, where are we going from here? You have Rey and Kylo fight each other at the end of the third movie. You're like, that happened already. Okay. But then and she wins both times. But then you have them fight with each other also in the same movie. Terrible. So they were like, w which one? Both. So, but it's annoying too because even that one could have been easily fixed if it's like just have her lose the first battle or mm. something or have her lose the second. Just repeating it is or not just, interesting. They don't have to face off in the first one. You could just move that to second and third. Right. So, the introduction of the Volturi to go back to Twilight, I think, is fascinating because it's like you get a tease of how powerful they are. 
without revealing like there's plenty more where we came from and you get to introduce you get introduced to arlo you get introduced to why he's gonna have an issue with all these characters moving forward what do i keep calling him arlo is there a character named arlo no in anything there's a warlow in true blood but i don't think you were around when i was watching that part what about what's wario's cousin's name waluigi waluigi (laughs) is that right yeah, I think nice. so. I was trying to remember his name. Um, so I think, and this is my thought. First off, the biggest thing that needs to be fixed before I start condensing films, which I do believe needs to happen. And here, work with me on this. How do we do this? I think the biggest issue that is that after you have her accept the fact that she is going to stay in this family, she's going to get married. Um, and she had the possibility of going on a life where she could still feel magical and, and responsible, but with somebody else and decided, no, ultimately it is with Edward. It's the challenge of the first decision she made. She made a decision in the first movie. You challenge it in the second movie to where she's like, no, I know for a fact this is where I go. So now in what I believe should be the third and final movie, you have a character arc of, I want to be a vampire. I get what I want. And you can't just give a character what they want. You have to challenge them. Okay. So how do you challenge how do you challenge Bella in like it like post vampire? All I'm saying is basically everything from Eclipse is boring because she's already made a decision. At at a cer- at the end of tw- uh, New Moon, there's nothing interesting for her until she becomes a vampire. Ooh. So she's becoming a vampire. How do we make that interesting? I like that this is your problem. Oh, no, no, I, I just don't want to. you immediately throw the solution on me. You're like, hey, 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 I have all these issues with the movies that you don't seem to have much problem with. Fix it. Like, <laughs> I, bitch, I don't know. You tell me the fuck. Don't make this my problem. This is your issue. <laughs> In my opinion, you need to stretch out her baby vampire phase a lot more. And you need to delay the battle with... Um, Jesus Christ, Veronica? Um, Bryce, Dallas, Victoria, whatever. (laughs) First off, don't recast Victoria. Fuck you guys for that. That's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Should have remembered the actress's name. I'm part of the problem. But fuck you. I would have remembered it if you didn't recast her. (laughs) So that's the first problem. Secondly, character-wise, if you have her being a fledgling vampire at the same time while other vampires are being fledgling. or what is that what they're called? What are they called? Babies? Yeah. Baby vamps. Baby vamps. Yeah. That's already more dynamically interesting mm-hmm. because then you have the villain. Newborns. 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 Yeah. Someone was screaming at this <laughs> at us. Yeah. So you have Bella being a newborn at the same time where other newborns are essentially being like shaped into this army. I think you combine the Victoria battle with the final battle of her having a baby. So maybe I think you could make it one uh, one third movie. But if I was to find a middle ground with you, you essentially just combine Eclipse into Breaking Dawn's part one and two. And then you make so it would be Eclipse, four. Breaking Dawn part one and two into one movie is what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm saying I think it should – I just full stop think it should only be three movies. But there you because go. I'm That's talking with a twihard. what I was trying to get yes. you to say to frame your – 
the reference argument? you were trying to make. Yeah, the okay. argument. Where so I I'll was put like, this back at the beginning. Well, that, I mean, no, because this is the order we went in. But I was like, just frame it to say, like, I want it to be shorter. I want to put it in three films because right. A, B, first film was great, second film, but then the third film needs to be the final. This is what happened, but this is what needed to happen. How do we get that to happen? You're right. I was hoping. I'm sorry. I was trying to get that, but you were like, no, I'm going to get there. And I was like, I don't think he's going to get there. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Rizzo anyways, being long-winded? <laughs> Rizzo thinks that the Twilight Saga should only be three movies. I disagree. I say four, maybe, if we can figure out a way to push. I can agree with you on that. That is the middle ground. There you go. Four movies. If we can push the third movie into, I would say split it and put pieces of it in the second and pieces. Yeah, I say honestly, it doesn't even have to be long. You just take the battle at the end of Eclipse. Second and third. Hmm. Well, that and that's what's hard. But for actually, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't care about Victoria at all, really. I think she's just kind of a nuisance and they milked her for way too long, in my opinion. I was just kind of like, but she like, could be the by perfect. By the time we got to that third movie and they were like, Victoria's get it, gathering an army. And I was like, is she still alive? Like, <laughs> what is she even mad about? We killed her boyfriend who was like the super tracker in the first movie. And now we're two movies later and she's still not dead. Why? Like, I know. I know. I don't want to change too much about. Uh, I would new moon. I but... would honestly probably just write Victoria out. I haven't. I'm trying to like just not undo my two favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to undo your two favorites. I feel like Victoria. If you had to cut a movie out of this this five movie franchise, if they were like, we'll give you four movies to tell this whole story, you're gonna have to cut some stuff down. I feel like you could lift Victoria out and not really have the franchise be too damaged outside of just, oh, I wanted to see the baby vamp fight. Yeah, like, but she could, I still think that she could make a good combination of like a final epic film where you've got the Volturi and Ver, the Victoria, fuck is her name? Victoria. Victoria's army of newborns. And I like the idea of like her raising newborns while Bella's being a newborn, but then I'm trying to think of how you would have well, all of Breaking Dawn Part One happen without. I her think you just story you shorten Breaking Dawn Part One and then put the ending of Eclipse at the end of Breaking Dawn because mm, she has two. to die. You would have to truncate it to where it would be she would get married at the end. She would say you could still have our little <gasps> gasp, uh huh. But then you could cut it to the beginning of Breaking Dawn Part One where she's like, you know, give us a little scene of her being like, "Yes, I'm so excited." And then just start with the fucking wedding and Jacob being mad. And then and Ooh, then she right. gets pregnant on the honeymoon. Um, right. And then she has the whole pregnancy. Here's, so here's what I'm thinking. Huh. So we go from new moon and then we go into the, the, the wedding. All right. So the beginning of the, the second to last movie is the wedding. Um, wedding happens pretty much as is just a little shorter. It's no. Not, hold on. I will give nothing away from that wedding. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I also think it needs to open up better. It needs to either open up as a flash. What was what? What did the opening I said needs to be? At first I thought, ooh, start off in the past where you're not sure and you see Edward being a piece of shit and then you later learn. But then I realize a better end opening would be, it needs a better opening. 
oh, like maybe her dream. Her opening of the the last uh, the opening of Breaking Dawn Part One needs to be her bloody wedding dream mm. because that introduces conflict. That's the thing. That's yeah. what's missing is the conflict of I'm finally about to get what I want. Wait a minute, what if I don't? And so then in Breaking Dawn Part One, you add the whole Victoria stuff. So as Victoria is raising up a newborn army and she's seeing the effects of what newborns do to people that they love, then she's like, wait a minute, do I want to do this? Because if I become that. I'll I could eat my baby. And then she's also not, she doesn't know a she's pregnant yet. My baby. She's not pregnant yet, but she's now she's like, wait a minute, I have to kill my family. And then that's when they go, no, you don't have to kill your family. You'll never see them again. So now you have actual conflict where she's like, but wait, I will never see Charlie again. That would need to be a conversation before the wedding though. Yeah, but for dramatic effect. That's... But they didn't have that conversation before the wedding. I'm giving well, it. Well, they didn't, we didn't have that conversation on screen. But she knew going into it that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, but in the films, they don't really portray it that way. It's like a shock to her when she's like, wait, I have to like pretend I'm dead. I don't think it was. Yeah, it was. Like, that was a big point. Like, she's kind of like, wait, what? Like, she wasn't not, like, like fully wait, shocked, what? but it's she still. Was, no, she was just kind of like, I know this is what I have to do to be with you guys. And that sucks. And I'm not looking forward to it. But she knew that's what she had to do. Right, well, the clones then, aren't that good anyway. And then Jacob went off the rails and was like, no, no. We're I'm not trying to make in. it the best movie ever. I'm just trying to make it more interesting. So more interesting. They don't Got warn her. Ten minutes. All right. They don't <laughs> warn her. And so now the wedding's happening. But now she's seeing the effects of newborns. And she's like, oh, my God. I, I can't be like that. And they're like, don't worry. You won't be like that because we won't be around. Like, this is the last time you're going to see all your family. And then she's like, holy shit. Now I don't want this. Now you have actual conflict. I think that could happen before the wedding. I think oh that could God. happen during the engagement, during the fate, the the planning process, kind of draw that out a little bit pre-wedding jitters and make that part of the pre-wedding jitters, the cold feet, the will she say I do at the altar? Will she walk down the altar when she's having that nervous breakdown at the altar and she's kind of questioning things? Uh -huh. This is kind of the last walk with her dad and we know how important that is because we know as an audience that she's weighing wow, like I'm not going to see Charlie again and I kind of didn't know that going into this. And well, then I'm not going to disagree with you on that as long as you understand that the reason I'm saying this needs to be a, a conflict is it needs to last the whole movie. So we're not giving it up after the wedding. That's she fine. needs the entire film to be debating whether or not. Maybe that's why they don't change that's her fine. right away. That's fine. She can debate it, but I would just put it to where she knew going in. Okay. And it adds to the wedding jitters. I okay, think that's perfect. just good drama. Yeah, you're right. So so she's having her she's having her wedding, but now she's no longer or the honeymoon. Now she's no longer wanting to be change because it's like right away right away because it's like i'm actually kind of dragging this out so i got what i want but now he's like now we're married now we can't have sex now we can now there's more consequences now i can actually bite you and change you and she's like ah uh, i don't know if i really want to yet because family is all that matters to her which then makes her getting pregnant a extension of what she's morally going through. It's like, okay, now I have my own family to protect. This thing could die if I don't change. Charlie could die and I'll never see my other family, but now I might be more... I might be more connected to my future family. Right. So I think what ends up having to happen is that the battle for the Victoria trying to kill her needs to probably happen while, like, either while she's giving birth or while she's in the process of, like, dying from that. Mm -hmm. So then the werewolves have more of a reason once he's done... <sighs> fucking hate that I have to say. I'm not trying to actually rewrite these films, so unfortunately for the time being, Jacob's still in print. I fucking hate it, but we play it off as like a brother in print. 
Mm. Fuck the whole I see her getting married. You show him it's like uh, you see he sees her getting married to someone else and, and it's like also a see, parental imprint. We could also have imprinting referenced. Yes, earlier on. Earlier on as it's whatever bond that it is appropriate for the situation. Right. And you playing that off in the whole film because that also mirrors the emotional journey that she's going on where it's like my family is here and I care about them and it's like well at one I know what that's like to have family like Family's a big thing in our culture, imprinting, all that. All these things are being discussed. Yeah. You can be all like, I'm not yeah. going to fuck the person I imprint. I get it. But it's like, yeah, I can get imprinting because like, it's like, yeah, you know, you think you're you're bound to one family and then you imprint somewhere and maybe it's love and you're imprinted yeah. on them and now that family doesn't matter. Or maybe it's a sibling bond that you have or like a blah, like Tyler and uh Jackson over here, like they imprinted on each other and they literally have been they protect each other, they protect each other like crazy. Like that brothers. would be awesome. Their, their coats are the same color. Cause you imagine like, if he like has this big brother energy of like, yeah, you will not get in the super way. Cute. So he does the same thing of like, I am the son of a chief, like fuck yeah. you, I'm going to do. And then, so the protection happens. But instead of them just fighting each other, they go to fight each other. But then that's when Victoria's newborns arrive. Fuck Jasper and his Confederate ass montage. We don't need that <laughs> shit. Because it's also stupid. I'm going to train you, tra uh, teach you how to train. Does like two or three flips. Suddenly they know how to fight. Bullshit. Dumb. I fucking hate it. You still get your battle, Twihards. But this time there's more stakes because Bella is dying and giving birth. Jacob is becoming the leader that he's always meant to be. The other wolves that don't agree with him now have a reason to actually fight alongside him and all this big epic battle is happening as a precursor as a amuse-bouche to the final battle that'll happen in the final movie they fight they win they save the day they go back inside bella's died oh my god bella's like hanging on like she's giving birth he imprints then he turns the other guys to fight the 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 newborns. They go back inside. She has a finally officially passed away. She dies. He bites her. She never was sure. Like I I don't know if she ever was sure that she was gonna do it or not. But either way, it's at least the whole drama of the entire film has been. I don't actually know if I want to turn now because of all the implications. Yeah, I think I feel like all that can happen simultaneously. I oh, yeah. feel like the whole the whole birth slash dying and biting scene can happen simultaneously. Well, with... the only reason it has to be dragged out is because he needs to imprint on that baby at a certain point to then change the tide of the, the battle. Because mm. if Jacob imprints, then he turns to the other werewolves and says, no, we have to fight and defend. And they're like, no, we're not fighting other vampires. Fuck you. And they're like, no, I imprinted. This is what matters. Mm. But yes, more but they, or less, I agree with you. They fought her anyways. They fought with them anyways, though. When? Not in this in this trilogy where we got rid Not of Eclipse. Trilogy, but there was a reason they did it in the first one before she was pregnant. So right, and then but that's the drama: is are we going to do it again? Why this film Eclipse never really gives a good reason for this entire tribe I to be think, risking themselves. I think you can find a reason of basically like oh, like you know, you could just have something as simple as why if you could. Well, you could have something as simple as once it like once they kill all of us, like what's to stop them from coming after all you guys and running? No, this but character-wise, it's more interesting if they're like we're, we're we're. I just think it's I think it's interesting. I like the duality of like the almost like the <laughs> almost like the finale of season one of Glee where you have the Glee team at regionals while Quinn is giving birth which is the payoff of the whole season uh -huh. of her kind of 
being pregnant and changing from the like mean cheerleader to kind of like a sweeter character who like learns to love something else, whatever. But like kind of having that like we have a battle going on here at regionals while we also have the most intense thing going on here. No, I agree with you. Life. So I'm like, I would say it's battle just a the longer... newborns while also she's giving birth and dying and about to come back. And then you would end at the same place. I would where say opposite. Where it's eyes. like she's giving birth while the wolves are battling our heroes. And then Jacob inside while he goes to murder her after she's given birth, then I imprints, just... then turns around, then protects her. While she's like, they're trying to keep her alive inside. I think that's whatever. I we can. Think, I the, the point is, it I, all I was like, I think that's just. I think that ends up being too much. Like maybe they're like, we're gonna fight off these newborns, sure, whatever. And then, and then once we kill all the newborns, we're gonna turn on. We're in the right ballpark at this turn, moment. I, yeah, yeah. The specifically, then we're gonna turn on the the Cullens while they're weak and tired, oh. and that's the plan. But then right before they turn on, as they're starting to win or okay. finish the battle. As they're about to turn, then he walks in because Bella just had the baby imprints. Yes. And then she dies. And then right when they start turning and fighting, he comes out and he's like, hey, fucking stop it. Yeah. Fucking stop because now they're imprinted and now they're a part of us and blah, blah, blah. And then okay. they they run off into the forest. They're like, ah, fine. What the fuck ever. And then he walks back in holding his new little sister. Right. And then Bella's dead and they're all just standing around like the end. And, and ending is the exact same. Eyes open now. Contextually, though, you're more curious because you're like, obviously, we've waited three movies to see her turn into a vampire. But now that we've spent a whole movie showing off how dangerous a newborn can be and what she's going to have to give up. Now you're you're curious on top of it because you're like, so what's the payoff going to be like now we get to see it. And then you get to do I hate Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh. I appreciate what they did with the ending. I think that's a really cool idea. But I feel like all Breaking Dawn Part 2 is is her monologuing about these cool characters that never do anything. So what are you going to do about it? Why? What, what? Well, for one, you focus on the most interesting part. She's a fucking newborn now. <laughs> you spend more than two scenes with her being a newborn and acing everything. That's just not got... That's not fucking interesting. Even if her special skill is that she does overcome it faster than other people... Us as a human audience need to watch more interesting things watch than her being like, yeah, fuck the fucking watch the fucking struggle because now she's a mom. She's struggling and having to take care of a kid, which then gives Jacob more reason to be a part of the plot. Because if Jacob's a level headed protector, he can be like, I will take care He's of your Mr. kid Nanny. because you're a fucking mess. And now she has to become a parent. She has to like learn from Carlisle, learn from all the characters who've been doing this more. And she also has to learn uh, to not be such an angry, uh, vicious newborn or else she's going to eat her baby. And that'll be her That's... inciting incident to learn quicker is so she doesn't attack the kid. Absolutely. And and so it's like so not only and the best part is she's the first vampire that's ever had to do this mm. because no other vampire has had their as far as we know, as far as we know. But no other vampire as far as we know has had their little sperms all heated up weird that that is the lore that's not in the books nor the movies now what i've uh been told is basically that uh book lore wise is because edward and bella are kind of like faded in a way like they're every vampire has like a singer which is a oh, okay human whose blood calls to them specifically and okay it's kind of like almost a mating thing where it's like if you hook up with your singer there's a very high possibility that you will get her pregnant okay so that's kind of the lore that i've heard um i don't necessarily need an explanation yeah it was one of those things where i was like 
it doesn't fully bother me. I think you should have some inference. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be an official. But, like, the fact that all that happened in those movies was, damn, that's wild. And then they just move on. I'm like, no hypotheses of what could have possibly happened. But they also, and what you could do is shorten the span of what happened. Uh-huh. Because, like, for them, the... um it took the whole span of her like coming out of being a newborn. Like if they had had the final battle while she was still a newborn, that could kind of lean more into like, Oh, we, we kind of need you to get your shit together. Really now, quick, Bella. Cause we're I, fighting. I think you allow the second movie. That's if we're doing three movies, but if we're doing four movies. Oh, I thought you wanted, I thought you wanted the struggle. I, it's just, it's to, too hard to think about right now. I thought you wanted it to collide. What, what do you I mean? Do, here's it's the hard thing. to think of right now. Here's, this is what we're here to do. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. But what I did say is why I decided to go this route is because instead of her doing it at the same time, I think it's more interesting now that she's seen the effects and now as she's a newborn in the final movie having a child of her own we have just experienced in a whole movie about how dangerous newborns are so now she's more on edge mm. and that and makes she doesn't want to hurt anyone including the other vampires including the other vampires and then the only thing I fucking would I don't know that whole last movie is kind of a mess but my last thing is she needs more of an arc and a payoff for her character. Again, these payoffs need to stop happening in the codas where it's like the movie kind of fades away and then fades back in. She goes, hey, remember that I was in this movie? Let me show you my gift. And then she shows him mm. all of her memories, which is beautiful. I think that's a great way to end the whole saga. But instead of having her have these fucking endings where she's like useless the entire film and then it fades into the last scene and she goes, hey, this is what I experienced this entire time. I'm like, God damn it. Here's what you do. Everything is the same. You have the big epic battle. Carlisle dies. People freak out. And then it turns out to be a dream. Except instead of it just being something that only Alice and Arlo. Did I say that right? Arlo. God. <laughs> instead of it just being something that Alice and Arlo experience. It's like an arrow. Now you involve our main character in the plot by using her. Like, what is it where she can kind of open up her, kind of like her, like her shield? Yeah. Her and Edward, oh my God, the two main characters work to fucking together. And he does his project, like, I don't know how. Somehow they all work together where they, she projects that image and that that memory or and that. Everybody in the bubble can feel Everybody that. experiences it, which means that everyone who died in this, like, vision all sees the same thing. So now everyone has agency. So it essentially has your cake and eats it too. Cause you have the big ending where you get to see all the, all the characters actually experience and are involved and have agency more than just being visions. Nobody has to die. Nobody needs, but the effects are still there. Ooh. So you still have Carlisle like holding his neck. You still have Aro looking at Carlisle like, Holy fuck. Did we just do that? You still have Bella, an actor, participant in the battle even if all she did was show everyone else see you don't want to fuck with this so now everyone including Dakota fucking Fanning's character who fucked that character she realizes how much of a piece of shit she was <laughs> and how everyone ganged up on her and so even she's humbled she's like hey you know what you could do is because the combination so you have Alice who is the future mm -hmm. seer then you have Edward the mind reader mm -hmm. who's reading her future seeing right and then you have uh, um, um, Renesmee, 
who can project things with with Bella projecting like projecting. The whole, she projects the it to everyone, and then she's like, "Oh, let me show this to mom," and she can project it out. Except she can't read. Well, we can. Minds. We're gonna fucking. We'll. We'll re- retcon her powers. They're all magical <laughs> fairy powers that work the way the filmmakers yeah. want them to work. Anyway, that would be because it's like, well, mom can project, and dad can. Dad can read minds, so I have a version of both of that where I can read minds if I'm touching someone, and I can project it if exactly. I'm touching someone. So she bridges that gap. Just make her do more than stand All there going. All we're saying is Stephanie Meyer just rewrite everything that you wrote no, and we made don't millions need and Stephanie billions Meyer. of dollars on. We need the <laughs> filmmakers. Just uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're not writing this from a book standpoint because we didn't read the books. And I don't care. We to. don't know the deep lore. They're probably like in the books, all this, this is how it happens and y'all are idiots. But like as far as film wise, I agree that the third one stalled a lot. And I ne- that's never the one that I'm really looking forward to watching. Right. Good things happen in it. I think if you really sat down and went point for point, you could kind of sort it out and make it like a nice truncated Four, I really don't think it could. You could do. I it think in four. Three. I'm happy with what we just I, yeah, said. Yeah, I think three would kind of get to be too much. Too much. If we're not yeah. doing what you say, which mm-hmm. is just removing Victoria altogether. Yeah, I think if you remove Victoria altogether, you can make three movies. I don't know. I guess because you could bring the Volturi yeah. in right when she turns, or they would be fighting the Volturi or doing the projection. You just wouldn't have the. Turns. You just wouldn't have the cliffhanger of her dying. Yeah, you would just make. One long epic movie yeah. where she turns, freaks out, fights the Volturi, everyone wins. The good but where did the baby come in? At the like midpoint of the sec of the third movie. Oh, yeah. See, I like I liked following that journey for the, the second movie. Yeah, now talking out loud, I agree with. I you. I like following yeah the pregnancy and all that because that was good drama, good build up. I think the end, the the the, the yeah the the building all the the team in the last movie and then not paying them off like maybe there was another just way to not do even that. paying off our main fucking character but like but i ultimately i'm fine with it but yeah everybody could have experienced it maybe but like yeah it's just she has nothing to do that, past the second movie so ultimately that fourth movie would have been about the same is what about saying? the same it's literally just i don't know like that i could rant on more but we're already at an hour and i don't want to rant on it yeah i'm just saying my two biggest issues are eclipse stalls everything get rid of it and then second issue, you need to give uh, Bella more conflict. Like, that's it. Aww. Like, past more. Mm-hmm. Like, because past the second movie, she just wants something. She gets something. That's boring to be stretched across three fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Three movies of her. Because you notice, too, and I said this last time. In the first two movies, anytime she's learning about the lore and the world, it's, like, genuinely engaging because she's involved in, like, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening. I have an agency of what choices I'm making. Oh my God, there's werewolves. Do I want to be a part of this world? That's fascinating. After that, watch any scene where things are described to her. It's basically her sitting in a circle while everyone else kind of talks among themselves. And she just kind of interjects every now and then. From a stand, like it's hard to structure and kind of like um, uh, choreograph those scenes because script wise, there's nothing more for her to do than just kind of Taken in information. She's not actively because well, she's an audience stand-in. She, so it's but like she becomes so much of an audience stand-in. She's learning too, and it's like the but it's plot no longer is moving so fast around her. But it's no longer like wide-eyed. It's no longer interesting. It's like it's now just 
being said in front of her and she's just going like, wait, what's happening? Wait, oh, okay. Like all things that she doesn't end up end up being involved in at all, except from like, a, like yeah, she does cut her arm. Things kind of happen, I but it's very she's involved as much as a human being thrown into multiple like millennia long fights can be like and I think I don't know she wore out her welcome as a human being past the second movie turn her into a vampire make her interesting because now she has to deal with that Mm. okay good talk (laughs) (laughs) are you you done I like yeah I think I think she had autonomy I think she made choices throughout the series Uh Um, I think disagree yeah, I disagree. Agree to disagree. I think. No, no, no. I don't agree. I disagree. Yeah. And I don't agree. And I don't agree to disagree. I just disagree. I just disagree. That's cool. It's like ve- I will agree to disagree on that. All f- all the movies were good or not. But absolute full stop disagree that she had any agency or was an interesting character past the second movie. I think having agency and being interesting are two different things, though. Because Boring. she can have agency. She made choices throughout the whole thing. Like, she were they committee choices? Yes, but she was still a part of that process. So there was still agency there. Right. Whether you found that agency interesting or not is a different story. Boring. Cool. Boom. All right. Wait, oh, it was better than a confederate was, I think, the line I said. Something about, like, one of the characters. Doing, wouldn't you rather... I don't know, like Alice dating another character, and I was like, better than a Confederate. Oh, because oh, people were like, oh, like Alice and Charlie, and I was like, better than Confederate. Yeah, and everybody laughed because it was like, because it was when uh, he was kind of talking about Alice, and he was like, she was like, Dad, are you into Alice? And you go, better than a Confederate. <laughs> yeah, much better. Uh, do you have like any that. other notes randomly from that night? Mm, the only other, I'll think of something at the end. The only uh, line which, I thought was really fucking funny out of context is in the third film, they describe, what's the main character's name? The newborn's name? Oh, the one that led the army? Yeah, I don't know. I have no clue. On the news, they just go, they're a, uh, a wildly active serial killer. <laughs> and it's like the numbers are in the hundreds, right? Yeah. That's more than a wildly active serial killer. They were like, all these mysterious deaths must be a wildly active serial killer. No. I think that's a national, like. That's like, that's more than a serial killer. That's like a group of serial killers. You need to deal with that shit. <laughs> Especially for like a smaller town. Yes. Too. Like, that's insane. That's not wildly active. That needs to be stopped right the yeah, fuck now. Even like the most notorious serial killers that we have in real life they've they killed like 30 which is a lot but over the span of like what years decades yeah not in the span of like a week (laughs) yeah wildly active serial wildly active here's a couple months i'm gonna kill 100 people like that's insane that's putting it mildly yeah all right I think that's uh, yeah. I'll think of I'll probably think of things on the ride home. But I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, uh, great experience. Ultimately, I appreciate. Wait, ultimately, we enjoyed ourselves watching the movies, right? Of course, I always enjoy myself watching Twilight. You enjoy yourself, and then you enjoy ranting about it later. <laughs> I do. And you were like, "I want to make a podcast about rewriting them," and I was like, "I mean, sure. <laughs> like, if uh, that's what you, if uh, that's what on. you want to do." I. The only reason I agreed to this was because I also agree that the third one was kind of pointless. I appreciate you for pointing that out for me, because when you said it, I was like, "Yes, yes, that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> it's pointless. It redoes everything. I get it." 
But then you were like, yeah, yeah. And those other two, get them out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> whoa, 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 chill. <laughs> oh, man. I will say all of that hatred towards Eclipse, it did make for one of the more fascinating films because i think at that point everyone's like starting the delirium is starting to hit yeah it's like six seven o'clock and we're just like we all knew we didn't uh, fully care about that one. this is so stupid right that anyway was great though that was a fun time i also want to write that off on our taxes uh so now we can we spent hey appreciate the the present it was, it was a present and it was tax deductible yeah what you got it when did you buy the tickets like last year you like gave them to me December. December. We went in probably like late November. A I bought few them. weeks ago. I don't remember. Yeah. So it's like you bought them like a month before, gave them to me. We went like a month later, like yep. a few weeks ago. It was good. Worth it. So much so, fun. I'd do it again. Uh, if you want, we're, pro we're probably going to start doing these uh, inner podcasts kind of, like yeah. every other week or so. We don't need to edit them so they're easier. We see so many movies in theaters, so we'll try to just like maybe talk about movies we see. Yeah, they uh, might not be really involved podcast episodes like we used to do them. Not just, yet. I mean, yeah, we'll just be kind of. The the conversations we have in the car on the way home, we will have them. We here will save for you them. To listen to it's for just, the camera. It's just gonna be a casual two friends talking yeah. about how they felt about a movie they just saw. So if y'all are into that, like, then that's what this is gonna be. Yeah, probably some of the movies that we might not ever cover on the channel because they just won't hit big. We might cover on the podcast. Yeah, which you can always listen to for free. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, links are down below. Unless you're trying to figure this out because you don't know where the links are. Actually, links won't be down below. How are you going to find this? I have no idea. What are we talking? We're on. I will post the links on our main channel. You can listen to this wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you want to watch it for the time being, it's on our $1 tier. The video version of this podcast is Until on our... it gets popular, then we're going to move it to five. No, <laughs> no. Maybe we'll start a second channel for just the podcast, but... Yeah, and then if we ever like truncate them like we did with um, mean, mean girls, girls yeah. and like condense them down to like 20, 30 minutes, then that video will be available on the channel for mm -hmm. free. Um, but yeah, so audio for free, video for I don't know if you can subscribe to podcasts, but I guess if we're uh, wherever you listen to them, just hit a button that means you'll be notified. <laughs> notified. Hit the the follow or the subscribe or what whatever. The fuck do people do on air? We haven't we haven't uh, been in this game in a minute, but we're happy to come back. Yeah, we are. That was yeah. fun, Benji. Yeah, Good we're times. gonna have to get like a podcast set up though, where we can like yeah, sit across from each other and talk a talk and cut. Th and, we need and the podcast mics. Post the little clips. Yeah, but I I think when you get the podcast mics, then you start talking shit about women. I don't know. I wouldn't. Is that I, something that's deep I'm inside not saying, of you? No, I don't want to. Is there a red to. pill that you might have swallowed recently? I, I don't want to. I'm just saying it seems to be that those might bring the worst out of men. <laughs> well, shit. I have to watch out for you. All right. Well, until next time, I am Rizzo. I'm Benji. Um, stand still, spider monkey. <laughs> Keep holding on. <laughs> Bye. Bye.